Good morning and welcome back to the Morning Briefing. It's Thursday, June 23rd, episode 185. I'm Phil Brandt and with me as always is your friend and mine, legal expert, Burke Garland, shareholder with Ogletree Deacons. Together we bring practical, timely, and accurate insight into today's workplace. It is our goal to keep you informed so you can more effectively lead your organization. Good morning, Bert. How are you doing today? Phil, I'm remorseful. I'm a little remorseful, remorseful today. I am. I am. I can't help it. What? What? T- tell us more, Bert. Well, I, 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 I see that the Colorado Avalanche is on the cusp of winning the Stanley Cup, and I just can't help but thinking that if Bennington wouldn't have been taken out by uh, Cadre, who, by the way, scored the overtime winner last night, that uh, that that the Blues w- would have been in the same position. And yep. uh, you know, it's just. I'm a little remorseful about it. Well, you know, I love our blues, right? And our Cardinals. I'm not trying to shake them, uh, shade them any here. But anyway, the the thing here that I'm looking at, there's an upside. And if you join our program and one of the two of us is always going to bring whatever upside there is. As of this point in time right now, there's not a team that was more competitive against Colorado than the blues, right? Yep. Um, they swept everyone in the Western Conference. The Blues won two games. And at this point, um, even the, the two-time Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning Bolts have only won one game. Um, and I think that says a lot about our organization. I know the Blues do a great job, but I feel the same way. I know we had a chance. We did. Um, we in, in the two of the games we lost, we, we were in control. I mean, we could have won that first game and we could have won the last game. Yeah, uh, and, and should have probably won both of those, but uh, oh well. I right. told you I'm remorseful. Let's let's move on, Phil. <laughs> well, we got the Cardinals. They're doing their thing. They they pulled out a good victory last night, and uh, we're excited about the fact that they are sitting in first place against the nemesis of the Milwaukee Brewers. All right, let's get going. Uh, we have a poll question for you today. We have great topic lined up. We're going to talk about harassment, bullying. Uh, and discrimination. What's the difference between them and what should you do when these things get brought up in your workplace? So here's our poll question for you. How would you categorize, or I'm sorry, categorize your workforce understanding of harassment and discrimination? So how does your workforce understand these two? And here are your choices. None of our employees need a better understanding. Only a few of our employees need a better understanding. Most of our employees need a better understanding. Option four, all of our employees need a better understanding. Even I need a better understanding. And I will tell you, Bert, there are times when I fall into category number five where I'm like, I need a better understanding. My mind just gets twisted in this space. And some of that is maybe my innocence in the fact that I just don't believe I'm Uh, People are really purposely trying to do things wrong most of the time, while I know that some are, uh, I want to believe that they're not. And I think being aware, being informed and talking about it is really the key to part of the solution. Yeah, Uh, I I, I would agree with you on that. But it, it, it does get harder and harder. And a lot of concepts that we've been used to and trained and educated on over the years they're changing these days. And uh, an example of that might be something that uh, somebody sent me the other day. This is from a, I I, I won't name the college, but uh, Nick, if you could go ahead and show uh, that sheet that I sent over to you. 
this is a from from a national university's graduate studies program, one of their graduate studies program, the application for that program. And in that application, they ask people to identify uh, their their gender, their preferred pronouns. And, uh, you know, I, I had never seen a list like this, but uh, I have now seen it and it gets harder and harder to figure out what what discrimination and harassment is and some of the concepts that we we're, we're being tasked with understanding. I mean, it's literally like a new language uh, that's being of, in, invented these days to uh, to to accommodate these these issues. And you give so, me past the first couple of those, Bert. I have no idea what they mean. I, and I, I agree. I, I think we should ask, what is your file extension? <laughs> yeah, it kind of does look like a file extension list. It, it and, does. And, we're, you know, we make a little little light of it just with with the fact that it's become like a new language. But I'll remind everybody that a couple of years ago, the United States Supreme Court in its Bostic decision correctly recognized, in my opinion, and, and I did fully predict this, that uh, the pre Supreme Court said that transgender uh, or gender uh, identity and sexual orientation are already protected under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And because those are protected statuses, uh, you know, people have a right to identify, a legal right to identify uh, the way they want to identify uh, for purposes of employment. And employers cannot discriminate based on that. Now, whether employers have to adhere to employees' preferred pronouns or not, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to go that far. There aren't really many laws. There are, there are uh, states and localities talking about passing laws that referring to somebody by other than their preferred pronouns would be illegal. Uh, but you know, the, you, we, we do have to be careful from a discrimination standpoint in the employment context. If somebody wants to go by a certain preferred pronouns and they're transgender, uh, if we don't use those things, we are at risk of them filing a potential, potentially filing a claim under uh, under Title VII or the state's equivalent law. So it's it's one of those things you gotta you gotta tread lightly. And you know, uh, and and you do have to tread lightly. And for me, I don't know about you or our listeners, and I want to invite our listeners to join the chat here. I mean, this is this is a tough workplace topic, not because. It's, it's hard to do the right things. It's hard because it's changing so quickly. And, um, you know, you can participate by hitting a question mark um, on the right of your screen there. We'd love to have your comments and, and thoughts on this. But for me, I, I struggle with just the fact that I don't use pronouns. Um, I, I don't know, it just doesn't suit me, but I feel tremendous pressure that if I'm not using it, I'm being disrespectful by not using it to those who feel the need to use it. Although those who use it, it doesn't bother me if they use it or not. I, I have no preference one way or the other. I just choose not to. I don't know if you or any of our listeners feel pressure to use a pronoun, um, you know, and at sitting here at 54 years old, I, I just, it doesn't, doesn't matter to me one way or the other what anyone's pronoun is. And that I think is part of the challenge that some people deal with. Yeah, I, my my hunch is Phil, you're you're kind of getting at the issue of 
the, the pronouns that people use and and very popular these days to put their pronouns on their email signatures and yes. that's what i'm that's what i'm guessing you're getting at here you're guessing and, correct and you know it, it it's it, it's a really really hard issue because uh there are people who feel pressured to put pronouns on uh on there, first of all there there's a there's a large segment uh of people who voluntarily want to put the pronouns on their signature and again if that's what they choose to do that's what they choose to do uh the there but there's also a lot of pressure uh on on both sides of this uh either to uh put your put pronouns on there even if you don't want to uh kind of go along to get along uh maybe a reverse of what we've seen from going on to get along getting along for for years it's sort of the opposite uh pressure now or opposite people being pressured and then you know so if 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 you don't do it or you are are you being disrespectful and i think that's what you're getting at there that's it. that's exactly what i'm getting at cuz i don't i'm not trying to be disrespectful but i'm also not very comfortable using it out of i just don't feel like it's it's necessary i don't put you know um all my credentials after my name that identify my professional credentials i just i just use phil brands and yep. and that's it for me and and i'm comfortable with how I do that for myself. I'm hopeful it doesn't offend others, but it does creep in my mind. And I think we'd be remiss by not, uh, not sharing that. Well, and, and I've advocated for, for a long time here that, uh, you know, that, that my feeling, my, my personal fit, personal opinion of it and my recommendation to employers, unfortunately, and, un, and I do mean this, unfortunately, Every single issue these days has been politicized. And while the transgender uh, sexual orientation issue uh, obviously is a real issue, and I, I'm not trying to minimize it, I'm trying to look at it from a, a legal and a critical standpoint, um, it's very political as well. And you have about, you know, as with everything else, you have about half the country really in support of uh these efforts and half the country opposed to these efforts and my feeling again is is that we're better off trying to keep most of this out of the workplace and focus on complying with the law which is don't discriminate don't harass uh you don't need to go overboard and promote one ideology over another ideology you just need to pe treat people equitably and fairly and consistently and mm -hmm. You know, by by keep trying to keep these issues out of the workplace as much as possible, you'll go a long way toward protecting yourself from a legal standpoint and also in probably in the court of public opinion, you won't be in the news. Now, that being said, the issues of like uh, the, the email signatures and identifying pronouns and uh, transgender bathrooms and those types of things or or non sex bathrooms uh those types of things those are real issues that need to be evaluated in the workplace and need to you need to deal with those uh those legal issues absolutely and then just give some perspective of our listeners we got some great comments here i'm not going to share any names today on this just because i don't want to offend anyone uh, or embarrass them. And I, I'd like to get more of your opinion to share. Many of the reasons people join this program is they want to know what's going on in other workplaces. And, and they, 
like to be able to measure how well they're doing with their efforts in human resource management or leading their organization um, in, you know, in relationship to others in the communities. And, and Phil, um, let me let me let me just make a comment here that, you know, we've gotten several comments uh, in the chat and I'm just going to I'm not going to attribute them to anyone. Uh, but but I do want to share this because it illustrates exactly what I'm talking about here on the the 50 50 or really the 45 45 with the 10. Yeah, go ahead, read them. That's what I yeah. was getting ready to do, Bert. You do yeah. it with the, with the 10 percent in the middle sort of swaying the issue these days. But one one uh, viewer says. Uh, it's not a question, but there are some really awesome articles out there on why utilizing pronouns helps being an ally. Uh, and so that's one perspective that- And I think uh, they point out, you know, if someone wants to see that, it's uh, go to the Parents as Teachers National yep. uh, Center for that. Yep, so, so there's a comment that why utilizing pronouns helps, helps being an ally. And the question I think that really does, it boils down to, is do you want to be an ally? Do you personally want to be an ally or should corporations, should businesses that consist of a lot of different people, uh, should they uh, say, should, should they be taking a position on these issues? The flip side is, and again, getting back to the 50-50, is we've gone too far. People are way too sensitive these days and seem to be searching for things to upset them. In addition, we, now we have people who get angry on behalf of others, even when a situation doesn't impact their life at all. And so I think that really does get to the heart of the issue. One person, one, one viewer views this as being an ally uh, to, to uh, a, a group, and another person views this as we've gone just way too far, uh, sort of let people be, let them do what they want to do, but we, we don't have to advocate. Uh, on behalf of everyone and don't have to get offended on behalf of everyone. And again, I'm, I, I'm not attributing this to anyone, but I do think that it is important to recognize that there are always two sides to every story. And you may not agree with the other side at all, but there are two sides to every story. All right, so so this is this is good, Bert. So let's go with another one in the chat here. And, and then, because, um, this gets to you're advocating or not advocating the position taking a, com a, a company taking a position of being an ally. Um, so one organization here is saying we have pronouns on our email signature and after the pronouns like she, her, or she and her or hers, we have links that say, what is this? And then they give them a pronoun link uh, to help with that. It's a good resource to help everyone understand. Now, the, the question I have in something like that is, do I have to do it if I work at that company? Should an organization take the position that they require pronouns? If the organization takes the position that they require the pronouns, is that, um, is that legal in and of itself? I think you're going to tell me it might be. Um, I'm not sure, um, but there's there's a lot of positions when an organization gets involved to go that far and it's using company resources to express any one position that may be interpreted uh, by any one of the groups of people and how they identify, whether it's even the religious sector or not. Um, it, you're getting yourself in some really sticky positions here, potentially. For sure. And I, I don't I, I'm not aware in my experience and even anecdotally within my 
my firm. And again, for, for those who don't know, we've got a thousand management side labor and employment lawyers throughout mainly the U.S. Uh, anecdotally, I am not aware of any of our clients uh, who are requiring the identification of pronouns on the email signature. And I think if a company actually required that, that that could get in, get them into legal hot water. Uh, the, the, the religious aspect of it comes to mind that that might be discriminatory based on someone's religion, forcing them to identify uh, with, with what their pronouns are. Uh, I also could see that, frankly, somebody who, who uh, is, is, you know, going through something in their own life in, in either, uh, e either transgender sexual orientation that they wouldn't want to maybe disclose. And so I, ha I have yet to see any company that's requiring it. And I would think that that would be a bad idea. Uh, yeah. Could a company legally require people uh, to do it? Well, people, again, really largely don't have First Amendment rights within their, within their company. So it's not going to be a First Amendment issue. Uh, but it would be a harassment or discrimination type issue uh, if if companies were forcing their employees to to use the pronouns. Every what if a company, company took the opposite position here, Bert, and said, you know what, we we do not agree with it. We do not allow it to be used on our company content. Yeah, I, I think that the company would be in, in a little bit safer position there that because it would be treating everyone equally uh, and consistently by saying no matter who you are uh, and no matter how you identify, we're not allowing this. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, you know, that we're not going to wade into this issue as a company. Uh, I, so I, I think that that's a safer position, but again- Not one might, I would recommend you, either, but might yeah, be- I think safer. it's a safer position. Uh, and I think that, um, that, that somebody will, uh, if a company does take that position, somebody will end up suing. And I could see the EEOC taking that case and trying to litigate that through the court system. And question is, from, from a company's perspective, is do you want to be that test case? Yeah. I'm not aware of any cases out there on the pronouns, on the email signatures yet. I think prohibiting it for everyone is a safer position than forcing it for everyone. But most companies out there, is, they're allowing their employees to choose whether or not to do it. And that's probably the, the, the sweet spot in this whole issue. Uh, let people do what they want to do. Let the, you know, as a company, we don't care if people uh, try to uh, use the, their, their preferred pronouns on the email signature. And we don't care if they don't try to use them. Well, I can tell you, as a kid in the 1970s, I struggled with Mr., Mrs., and Ms., and understanding the, def the definition difference, and you had to write the little answer. Thank goodness I don't have to go through this today, because I would never be able to keep it straight. All right, let's talk a little bit about what what is the difference, because our HR uh, listeners today and our, our business listeners are coming in to the workplace and someone's walking into their office on a regular basis, as happens across the across the country, I've been harassed, I'm being bullied, I'm someone's discriminating against me. And they're using these words that have definitions associated with them. And they may or may not 
actually be occurring as they say? Where, where do we start? Let's just start with what's the difference between harassment, bullying, discrimination, um, if you can try and clear up that muddy water. Sure. So it, let, let me, it, first of all, let, let me kind of set the stage here that one of the things business likes, uh, and, and this is pretty much universal throughout the country, is some sort of consistency, some sort of predictability. And I would say that uh, some people would say it probably goes further back in time to maybe uh, the, the Reagan administration, maybe as far back as the Reagan administration. Uh, I, I don't think things were as extreme under Reagan, Bush the first, frankly, under Clinton uh, or, or Bush the second. I, I would really say that from a political social standpoint, the, the social issues in this country really did come to the forefront during the Obama administration. And what's happened is, is every time, you know, the pendulum swings, and maybe it does go far, as far back as, as the Carter-Reagan uh, transition, the pendulum is starting to swing greater and greater distances during these last elections. Uh, really, again, with Obama into Trump, and now into Biden, and the pendulum is swinging wildly. And one of the things that that means is much unpredictability for business. Uh, during the Obama administration, we saw one set of priorities out of the NLRB, the Department of Labor, and the EEOC. During So things swung way to the left. During the Trump administration, we saw those agencies have an absolute different focus uh, and the pendulum swung way to the right, further to the right than, than it had in quite some time. And now under the Biden administration, it looks a lot more like the Obama administration and the pendulum has swung way back to the left here. And with all of this change, we spend so much time trying to keep up uh, with the, with the uh, changes that are taking place in the workplace from an enforcement and a liability standpoint, that sometimes we forget about some of the more basic things that we need to pay attention to. And Phil, that's that's the topic that you mentioned, and it's yeah. harassment, discrimination, and bullying in the workplace. Now, so that kind of sets the stage on, on why we're talking about this issue today, because pe people are still asking questions about it, and people need refreshers on it. One thing I would definitely like to point out is that people definitely use those terms, harassment, bullying, discrimination in the workplace all the time. The other one I hear is hostile work environment. The, oh, the, yeah. the work environment's oh, yeah. hostile. And so my boss I, told me to do my job. Yeah. This is a hostile work environment. They told me to be on time. He's harassing me. I got That's, an attendance tick, you know, for being tardy. And, you know, this is bullying. So that's exactly right. And, and I think sometimes it's easier to define things by what they're not. And you point out the absolute example there and harassment, bullying, discrimination is not, is not uh, requiring people to adhere to your legitimate, non-discriminatory, non-retaliatory business expectations. If you want people to perform their jobs and you are critical of them, that in and of itself is not harassment, discrimination, and bullying. Now, if you, I'll, I'll use a legal, legal world example. If I uh, have an associate write a brief for me and 
I go through and I redline that brief. And I'm not happy with the brief that was written. Uh, one of the things that uh, I could do, one choice I have is I can go back, I can sit down with the associate and tell them very frankly, I think this brief is, is pretty poor. I don't think it's your best work. I don't think you put a, a good effort into it. Uh, I urge you to go back and read through the red lines. And once you've done that, let's sit down and go through it. And I'll explain to you why I made the changes I made. Okay, that's perfectly acceptable. That is not harassment, discrimination, or bullying. Now, if I go into that, that meeting and I take the brief and I whip it at the uh, employee, throw it at their, throw it in the associate's face and tell them this was a pile of crap, that could be bullying. Okay. Come on, that's just tough love, as my dad would express yep. it. Yep. For you and I, when we grew up, that was tough love. But the, these days, that would be bullying in the workplace. If I go into that meeting, and I throw the brief into the, the face of a black associate. And I say something like, uh, throw the brief in their face and say, say you people just aren't capable of, of writing uh, a good brief, are you? Now I've gotten into a situation where I'm harassing and discriminating against a black employee because of the way I'm dealing with the issue. So. So there are ways to deal with it. The, the requirement to have people adhere and meet your legitimate, non-discriminatory, non-retaliatory business expectations is perfectly lawful. It's how you conduct yourself that could get you into trouble. And so the other thing that I think is really important to point out here is, is that while people do throw those terms around, harassment, discrimination, and bullying in the workplace, None of that is illegal until you cross into uh, doing that based on somebody's protected status, right? Okay? Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, is that it's probably not a good, it's certainly not a good management style to harass, discriminate, or bully people. Uh, it, it probably will at some point get the, the individual fire, fired. But if you are in, in Please don't misunderstand me here, but I've given the example before. Uh, if you are harassing, discriminating, or bullying people equally across the board, and you're not do it, treating people any differently because of their race, gender, uh, sexual orientation, uh, religion, disability, status, age, any of national origin, any of those protected categories, if you're treating everyone consistently, you're likely what I jokingly refer to as the equal opportunity harasser. You harass everybody equally. You're just a, you're just a sour person. You're just a bad person. Uh, and uh, I think that that's, that's a poor management style, but it's not illegal. Once yeah. you start going down that road, however, and even if you harass, uh, let's say a white male under 40, with no known disabilities, no religious affiliation, et cetera, et cetera. If you harass or bully that employee, the next time when you do it to somebody who is in a protected status, that person in the protected status has a claim against the company. Now, it may not be a good claim because you can defend yourself by saying, no, we didn't actually harass or discriminate uh, on any of these categories because we treat everybody equally poorly. Um, right. But do you want to have to fight that battle? And so that's why as a management technique, 
Uh, that's one of the reasons that it's not a good management style. It's still likely to get you to end up in hot water, not to mention the fact that the morale problems and the turnover problems that that management style uh, would cost. But That's true. Yeah. But again, I, I want to stress the, the example I gave, and I would be very frank, and I am very frank when I'm dealing with associates in the workplace. And if they have a different idea of something, I don't, I, I, I'm fine to entertain their idea. But at the end of the day, it's my name, it's my signature that's going on the brief, and I'm going to want it done the way I want it done. And if they don't understand that, I, I, I do take the time to go through and I redline most of the work uh, when, when I revise things. And, 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 and I, that's the line I always use. I'm not going to sit down with the associate uh, right in the heat of the moment when I'm trying to get something out the door and go through the red lines, but I tell the associate, go back, read through the red lines, and once you read through them, then let's sit down and talk, and I'm very polite, very respectful about it, but I'm very frank about it, and I think personally, that's the best management style to have, and I try to treat everybody equally in that respect. So, Bert, how about just expecting, we have a, a question, can you expect more or less from different employees? Um, so, let's just think about it in the concept that, you know, you have a group of employees who all do the same job, but the real world is they're not all capable of the same performance. Now, they all do the same job, but they're not all capable of the same performance. So can I expect more or less without it being some form of wrongdoing? So the, the, the simple answer to that is no, you shouldn't have to expect more or less from different employees. Uh, I would say that we always want our employees to strive for excellence. And in my humble opinion, I think that unfortunately, excellence has, has gotten replaced with competence these days. Uh, but it, that's just a fact of the, the, the reality of, 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 of people's expectations changing that uh, a, a lot of people who, who are newer to the workforce who aren't as experienced don't don't have as much time in the workforce. They don't necessarily, in my opinion, want to have to pay the dues that a lot of other people paid uh, to get to get where they are. And I, you know, I think it's just a generational thing. Uh, it, it, you know, I, I just think that people who who the the millennials and 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 perhaps the the next generation uh, views things differently than we do. But yeah. should we expect more or less from different employees? No. And I think, again, we have the right to have our employees uh, to perform excellent. And the whole idea behind, and I'll bring it back up, diversity, equity, inclusion, really is that, uh, you know, by having different experience, people with different experiences, different backgrounds, that theoretically an organization can arrive uh, at better decisions and better results. But none of that should come at the expense of excellence or, or certainly competence. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, Nick, let's take a look uh, before we get out of here at the results, please. The survey says, help me out, read yeah, that, Nick. The, the survey says that uh, uh, every employer that is watching this show thinks that it's some somebody in their organization uh, needs some better understanding and uh, most of our employees need a better understanding was the highest response there over right. half and, and, we, and then, several several said even as a professional uh, that has training and 
some uh, competence, <laughs> as Bert mentioned, um, need a better understanding. They even recognize themselves as needing to, you know, continue working on that craft. Well, I can tell you, if, if you're a member of AIM and you're listening to the program, we have a compliance series. It's feature group. Nick himself has helped produce uh, the material. And um, we always have that uh, reviewed and part of uh, Ogletree's um, partnership with us uh, to kind of get their rubber stamp of approval as well. It's free complimentary to all of our members for your use with all of your employees to help you stay in compliance. Uh, it's the minimum of what you can do to help uh, educate yourself and your employers. There's programs for managers as well as for your general population of employees. I would recommend you check it out. There's been new material released even this year. What I would like to do also is um, just mention that um, I'm, I just drew a blank. I'm so sorry. But anyway, check that out. If you need help, we'll, we'll help you with it. Uh, Bert, Nick, thank you very much for joining today. I have a room of about 40 people over here going to study compensation and the changes as it's relating to the economy. So I got to get over there. We'll see you next week at Central Time, 730. Bye-bye. Tell your story. Promote your products. Communicate with your employees and customers vividly, dynamically, and powerfully. Whether it's a company video, recruitment video, online training, or live meeting, Feature Group can help you from scripting to highly polished finished production. Whether it's live or on demand, we have the skills and equipment to wow your audience and drive your message home. Feature Group USA the one-stop shop for all your broadcasting needs.